Hey, courageous babes, it's Ashley Lauren, and I'm back. And I have brought along a special, beautiful, wonderful woman of God, my sister, my friend, ministry leader, bold, called woman of the kingdom, Kayla Hoovenen. And together we are taking over Courageous Babes podcast for the next month to discuss some important issues revolving around our world today. The series is called Heart Issues, and we are excited to be here with all of you and get right into it. So get ready, get set, and let's go. Hey, Soul Leaders, it's Kayla. And Ashley Lauren. We're so happy to be back this week with episode two of Heart Issues, and we are talking all about love. Hence the topic, what would Jesus do? Love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to be highlighting Jesus's character and kingdom mindset through his core values of love within the Father. So let's get into it. So what would Jesus do? That's a common um, line that we've heard throughout our lives growing up, very like 1999, early 2000s with the keychains and all of that. Yeah, I had the bracelet. Yeah. (laughs) But um, today we really want to touch upon like, what would Jesus do in today's world? How would he react? Um, what, what would he feel? What, would he, what, what are the things that he would be able to um, impart to us in regards to knowledge for us to be able to truly love our neighbors and also love ourselves? And I feel like that's definitely something so important, obviously, now, today, especially as our world is shifting in so many ways and um, hopefully progressing for the greater good and um, as we strive for more unity and love. So we wanted to talk about that today. And it's it's honestly, it's such an expansive topic, so, so we can't touch on obviously everything because I feel like he would do just so much, you know, Um, but we're touching on four things today that we agreed upon in regards to what Jesus would do today. And we believe that would be, um, he would advocate, he would speak truth and love, he would love his neighbor as he loved himself, and he would commune with the Father and engage in true self-love. Because as we, you know, as we know, like self-love is a big term today, but I feel like that can come in a variety of forms that actually can sometimes be toxic or um a little narcissistic (laughs) so um uh the bible shows us what true self-love means which is communing which is going away in silence which is seeking that solitude with the lord and being refreshed and rejuvenated and seeking knowledge um greater knowledge from the higher source so we're going to be talking about that yeah today so the first one um one of our, our first key points is Jesus would advocate. He would love um, the underdog. The Bible, I really, I mean, not just realized, but it's so cool to continue to see it because literally like everyone in the word were underdogs. There were people that were, right. you right. know, yeah, they were just like not qualified in the, in the world's eyes and standards. They were, they were people who just were, you know, they were drunks and um, they, they stuttered like Moses did and, and they were murderers like Paul, Saul, who became Paul. And just all of them were just so or unequipped. Like, 
Or like uh, David. Yes, exactly. He was the least of the brothers. The least of the brothers, but yet God's, that's the one he chose to be king. Yeah. And yep. Joseph, same thing. Like he was the he was the promised child, but obviously the brothers like hated him and sent him into mm-hmm. captivity, sold him into captivity. And just every single person, um, even Esther, like just was not qualified. An orphan. Yeah, she was an orphan. Yes, just not what the world would choose to be a leader. And, and Solomon, the king, was the. The son of an affair. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, oh, this is so much. Like, there's so many, so many examples, like the whole entire word. And um, God, first and foremost, advocated for all of those people, as well as Jesus. Jesus was the, was the son of God who came to earth in the flesh to be able to show us that example um, after, you know, people got off on the wrong, on the wrong track. And he needed to have an example in the flesh, but he always mm-hmm, exactly. advocated. But he always advocated for the underdog throughout history. Throughout the even in even in Israel, in the nation of Israel, he advocated for even the foreigner that ran to safety. In yes. Israel. actually, he actually set aside pieces of land for foreigners or for anyone in need, or even people running away um from punishment like yeah. he, it's like a safe zone almost it was like in israel that god ordained yeah and it's just so powerful and i feel like sometimes today a lot of people can forget that i feel like they can forget yeah. that way jesus was an activist god god is an activist he is an absolutely. advocate and, absolutely. and lucky for us he's an advocate for all people you know not just a select few and and when he does see a certain um demographic or certain race um, or population abused or persecuted, he steps in. And that's yeah, his heart that's, is for them. Exactly. Yeah. And he shows that throughout the Bible, that his bloodline is throughout all of that, from the children of the wilderness, the children that were brought out yeah. of Egypt. Slavery. Um, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. And even now today, there are forms of slavery, whether you want to say it's systemic and or sex trafficking. It is prevalent in our world. And God- People are hurting. Exactly. And people, and, and God advocates for those people. His heart breaks for those people. His heart yeah, breaks for all yeah. of us equally, obviously. For the brokenhearted. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, but ju- yeah, just like Isaiah 61, you know, it's like God is, God is near the brokenhearted all of the Absolutely. time. You know, it doesn't say he's near the self-righteous, you know, he's near, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't say he's near the people who say they're perfect or there's, they're shouting or deflecting against people who are saying, Hey, I'm hurting. Well, you know? yeah. And you know, Jesus said, I didn't come for the whole, I came for the broken. Yes. I came for the those are the people I came for. So the Pharisees who think they were perfect or had their lives together and they were they were good. Jesus said, I didn't come for you if you don't think you need me. Yeah. I came for the ones who are broken and sick spiritually yes. Yes. and physically. It, yes. And it's just uh, like I said, it can be hard for some people to grasp that still on today. But it's like his word, if you believe his word never changes, then you should definitely know and believe and trust that that yeah. word is still living and breathing throughout our world right now. You know, we can't just believe like, okay, revelations, like that's happening for sure. You know, like, I, I feel like some people yeah. get so hung up on like, oh, just okay, revelations, we, we for sure believe in that. And we believe in this and we believe in that about abortion or this and this and that. But then when it comes to advocating and 
injustice and oh that's a fine line like i think that's or, just, or people can take care of themselves exactly like, it, that that can be their issue right that can oh, be their, their issue. issue they can deal with it right or but, you but know. doesn't it say and i know i know it does and i didn't look up this verse because it just came to my my yeah. heart it says that um that we're supposed to i think it's isaiah this is and you i think you posted it recently too um, it says we're supposed to stand up and speak for the voiceless. Yes. To advocate for the oppressed. Like that's literally the heart of God. And he even commands his people to do the same. Yeah. But there's, so I have two questions for you um, on this topic of advocate. In a world full of, I guess, modern living, because we're not living in biblical times. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe the needs of people aren't like, like starkly in front of us because what if we don't live in a particular community um, where we see a need um, we do see it on the news um, we do see it on social media but it feels like we're distant away from like, the problems yes how how do we recalibrate our brains to to i guess have a conviction to to become an advocate. How do we do that? How That's do we get our hearts to a place where we're no longer just talking about it, but we genuinely have this conviction where I'm called to be an advocate yes. for anyone in need? Yes. That's so good because that falls in line with, and maybe I'll just go right into after this. Like, I'll just blend both of the topics yeah, I was going to talk about today together yeah. in regards to um, loving thyself and communing with the Father. Um, because that's really important and, and the way you do that is you have to have a conviction by the Lord, I believe, and you have to be fully connected within him and with him. You know, you have to have those moments where you go away into solitude with God and get away from social media, get away from the news, get away from what you think you know or what you think you've learned or lack thereof and really be able to give that all to him and lay that at his feet. And, and let and let him break down those barriers so you can actually hear you know you can actually allow your heart to be softened and your mind to be opened and to really say hey god i like this is happening in the world right now i do not understand you know maybe this that racism can be such a huge thing for black people you know what i'm saying like i have a, you know i may have a like um you know, there may have been some things towards me or discrimination or whatever that I've experienced in some form or fashion. But I, I mean, I really can't understand the gravity of this certain demographic that have been discriminated against. Um, and that goes for anyone, you know? And I feel like when we are honest enough to bring those things to him, for, for knowledge, for actual knowledge, for actual conviction, for that part where we can be spirit-led and not led by our brains and sure. the things that we've created to be our own truth, that that sure. is the moment we can truly have that aha moment of truth from only the real source, which is God, which we talked about last week, in order to be able to get out of ourselves get out of our own way to be able to truly lead and love like him. So That's I believe good. it starts there. It starts. It starts with, with a connection. Yes. It, it has yeah. to, like you can't, like I said last week, you can't just read the word, you know, like you have to be filled with the Holy spirit to be able to truly discern it. You, it just, it, they so, brought, so go for it. Yeah. Finish. Um, so, so we, so say I read the word, 
because it's, it's my kind of my, my lifeline or my connect. It's a, it's a source of connection. So I'm reading the word and I hear that God tells me to advocate and speak up for the voiceless and the oppressed. And then maybe, and this is, can, this can be for any um, area of, of one's life, any area of weakness, any area of struggle, any just command, even in scripture, where we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I see it in your word. I see that it's truth. Yeah. And in and, and James tells don't just hear it, but do it. But Jesus always points to the heart, the motive. And so I, I can't just do it out of obligation even. Exactly. I have to do it out of love. And that's what we're getting, you know, that's where we're yes. deep in, diving deeper into that. But it's like, you're talking about the spirit connection where it's like, I take his word and I go away with him or in my bedroom or, in, you know, taking a, taking a walk. And I say, God, this is your word. Now dive it, plant it deep in my heart empower me, show me yes. how to do this, show me how to love, show me how, God, who am I supposed to advocate for? Yes. My neighbor, you know, because there's so many causes, there's so many issues, right, and right. supposed to advocate anytime we see a need. Yes. Um, but if we don't know how to do that, you're right. We connect with the heart of the Father. Yes. And we, we begin to form the mind of Christ. Exactly. Where it's like, you know, we, we develop that softness and that mm -hmm. sensitivity in our hearts mm -hmm. to be led by the Holy Spirit. So when I go to the grocery store, if I see something happening to someone right. and, and I can speak up and I can do something about it, right. then I'm going to have that awareness and that sensitivity to do something and do it with wisdom. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Voice of wisdom. Exactly. Like to actually be able to respond and not just react to something. And um, just in regards to like rest, because that was going to be the next thing I talked about, but I'm gonna, I think it blends in nicely with the whole self-love and connection and like commune with God and connecting with the spirit. Um, because like I said last week, you know, um, Jesus instructed the disciples that their, the great comforter would come. The great comforter being the Holy Spirit. The great comforter would be the only soul connection to God the Father because we can only go through that to get to him, through Jesus to get to him. And that's said in the word. And like I said, we got to make sure there's no disconnect between that because that is the power. That that in conjunction with the word is the power. That are the, Those are the two key sources to the Lord that we need to be able to truly go throughout life and to be able to truly lead and to help others. And um, just like in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, um, for in regards to solitude and, and seeking comfort and also being able to go away with the Lord to be able to be able to lead and to be able to be convicted. Um, it says, come to me, uh, a lot of us know this, all um, ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for mm. I am gentle mm. and humble mm. in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That, wow. like, and a lot of people probably just think that's, like, they, they'll listen to it now, and it's like, oh, I know that script. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they won't actually take it in and be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we are looking and dissecting all of who God is right in just this yeah. one scripture. And literally, yeah. he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Wow. And you will find rest so for your true. souls. So when we are 
so, you know, going throughout this world and things are so crazy and it's chaotic and you're feeling stress or anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful scripture to be reminded of in regards to what's going on in the world right now, to be able to find rest for our souls in this and to be refreshed in him, but also to truly connect with him. So we may be able to say, okay, God, this is what you're telling me. This is what I need to take in from this time with you. So let me take that. Let me take this out of what I just learned in this prayer time, this meditation, whatever, and be able to now go forward and respond to people how you would respond, which is gentle and humble and hard. Yeah, because if we're not doing that, then we're doing damage. Exactly. If we're not acting with the hands and feet of Christ, with the mouth of Christ, you know, speaking his words yes. and acting with his actions, then either we're doing it for our own glory or mm -hmm. our own vanity or just putting a label of, of Jesus on it and then going out and being really careless with, yes. with the heart of Christ or, or with the name of Christ. Yeah, amen. claiming to be Christian and, and I I'm guilty you know I know yes, times same. where I have misrepresented the Lord and yes. done that we're not gentle and humble in heart yeah. and that verse I mean it's just like a conviction yeah, to me you. because it just jumps out at me and it lit I feel like the scripture is literally asking me are you gentle and humble in heart and that's the question we have to ask ourselves, because if we're not, and we are not doing what Jesus would do, and yes. we are not acting like Christians, and that word Christian means little Christ. And it's actually a term that a community of people gave believers because they saw this group of people acting like Christ acted. And so they exactly. gave them that term. And so would we would our you know, communities of faith be given that term organically today mm -hmm. like yes. by by the people around us are we acting like christ yes. um, and if we're not then we're doing damage yeah and we're glorifying satan yes we're, yes. we're not glorifying god that is so room for the devil to do his work to cause confusion fear, anxiety confusion um, dissension, distraction, division. Yes. Yes. You know, the last prayer that Jesus said before he left the earth with his disciples was, I pray that you would be one as me and my father are. Yes, exactly. That's the whole thing of going back to the Holy Spirit because that is the only way. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You're right. That I mean, is it the all only just, way. He said, you cannot go through to my father without that. He, no. Like, period. So, 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 and then it goes back to John 15, where it's talking about the vine. You cannot do anything apart from me. Yes. You can't. No thing. Yes. So if you're connected to me and I'm connected to the father, then we have a power source. We have love at its greatest capacity. Yes. I was going to ask you earlier, have you ever, well, I'm, I'm, I know you have because you're human and mm -hmm. I have, but do you ever remember a time where you were going throughout your day and you were just either ornery or upset or just being ugly, just being mean, or just like the heart, your heart was hardened and you realized you hadn't spent time with Jesus in a while. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, because 
I've definitely been through a lot of situations, as a lot of people know in my life, in regards to abuse and just a lot of craziness. So I've definitely gone through a lot of different moments and in years and seasons when my heart definitely needed um, to draw nearer to God and to draw back mm -hmm. to Him. And um, yeah, like it's, it's always been a journey for me because there's always been like a lot of, I haven't really gone through like small offenses. Like I've gone through a lot of big offenses from people and, and since I was a child. So having to unlearn a lot of things and, to, and have to forgive a lot of things and forgive a lot of people, mm -hmm. forgive myself for being subjected to things. Um, definitely it can be easy for your heart to get hardened at a certain point, especially when it's so big, especially when you, you always had a big heart for people and you've always been really caring. You've always been the one people call on when they need something or, you know, like when, when they need advice or they, they know you're the person that can, you can, they can confide in with their personal details and such. Like I've always been that person since like, middle school so it's like when you have that big huge heart you know and it keeps getting um taken advantage of in a way when the older i got definitely i had a breaking point where it did get to that point where it was like oh i feel so you know like depressed and angry and just like hard and i definitely needed revival and god gave me that thank goodness and um it it's just been a learning process. And I think it's a learning process for all of us daily. I think it's a daily act. And I think a lot of people who end up becoming self-righteous Christians are the ones that are hiding the things that they haven't forgiven. And um, they're hiding behind, yeah, they're hiding behind hard hearts. And that's why they are the ones that immediately, they don't think, they don't go to the God, they don't go to God for conviction, they don't go to God for counsel. They immediately start spewing things out of self-righteous tendencies, out of what they know. And we can't do that. And that's all, all, it, all it is, is hiding the truth. It's all, all it is, is usually hiding shame or or something sure. that they feel deep down inside. And I'm saying this from experience, you know, like because that's the only reason you do it. And um, it's just, it's a daily practice. Like we have to daily learn forgiveness. We have to daily go to the Father for solitude and connection. It's, it's very, very important. And not to just talk to him, you know, let him talk, you know. Let to not, him talk. Yeah, not yeah, just be ask like, okay, God, God a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask him a question and then just get silent so, and listen. Yes, and like soak in him and allow it to come to you, you know, put on some soaking music or something and allow yourself to go in that moment with him, but not just be like, okay, God, da, da, thank you for this. And I praise you for that. You know, it can't be a grocery list. It, it needs to be, we need to have those actual commune moments with him. Um, just like Jesus yeah. did so many times when he, he always went to the mountain. Um, he uh, got away on a boat sometimes to be by himself and, and just to be into sol in solitude, but alone with God and to just be with him. And mm -hmm. maybe just look, you know, look over, you know, to the mountains and the rocks and just like let himself be. And yeah, it can be right. And it can be hard to not allow ourselves to do that as often as we should because of our lives, you know, kids and, yeah. you know, husbands, wives, everything. 
Um, but it's important that we, we set but, out those yeah. times. If we don't, we will lose ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Levels of faith. We yeah. will lose our priorities. I was um, flipping through scriptures and, and one of them that I had highlighted that wasn't going to be a part of our talk today, but yeah. it's, it's powerful. So I'm going to say it anyway. It says, be very okay. careful how you live. Do not live like he, people who are not wise. Live like people who are. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So don't be foolish. Instead, understand what the Lord wants. Yes. Well, the Lord is really clear in scripture that he wants us to love him and love people. That's mm -hmm. what he wants. Yes. And we have to take up every opportunity to do that and be wise with our time. And I think that's, man, we could go in a whole like series of uh, more episodes just specifically about solitude and um, spending time with the Lord and getting away and healing and and focusing on alone time with the Lord. We can do that later on, but it's so important. We are going to lose our focus and um, lose what's important. Yeah. At the end of, at the end of our lives, what's going to matter most is how well we loved. Definitely. Definitely. That, yes. Yes. You're right. And um, a, a scripture I have down here too, um, is Luke 5, 15 through 16, which I thought was so beautiful. This last little part. Um, it says, despite Jesus's plea that his miracles be kept secret, the news about him spread all the more. So that the crowd, so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and mm. prayed. And I thought that was so, I, I just love that. Like he often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. And I was like, I wonder if that in a way meant that he went to certain places where the sickness was that people weren't following him just yet. You know what I'm saying? As the crowds that were like, Oh, here, look at me. I'm okay. Grieving. Like they had no, no, yes, him yet. yes. The, the, Cause he was known to do that. You know, when they were going everywhere, some, he went he yeah, healed every, everyone everywhere he went. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it, but usually he went to places where people had, or he went along and met people that that didn't really know of him just yet, just like the woman yeah, at the well, yeah. the Samaritan woman. Yeah, and he was like a new place. Yeah. Exactly. And he he made that stop intentionally when he told the disciples to go on ahead while he wanted to kind of get away and do his own thing and go on his own path when he stopped at the well to meet with her. So That's interesting. You're saying that even if he's that's cool because you don't know if he encountered another one person. exactly one -on -one conversation that was just a private conversation where he's ministering to them individually exactly how special, but wasn't written for our knowledge but the samaritan woman was yes exactly and it, it's so it's a, you know a very well-known story and i think it's a beautiful one um, in regards to him taking the time when they had a schedule to keep you know the disciples were worried about keeping Supposedly. the schedule and Jesus was like not in a rush. He was just taking his time. So I need to go through Samaria. Exactly. Samaria. And he was taking his time because um, they didn't they didn't really like and I remember hearing this on a sermon not too long ago about them not liking they didn't like going through Samaria because it was a longer yeah, so, way around. Yeah, I, I studied the map and yeah. there is a there it was not common for Jews to walk through Samaria. They yes. found Samaria up to Galilee. Yes. 
from from Jerusalem, from Judea. And so they had mapped out like road systems to literally go around Samaritan, yeah. Samaritans because Samaritans were half Jews. Yeah, yeah. They were mixed people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they weren't pure Jews. So they discriminated against them, yeah. oppressed them. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, they disagreed with where the proper place to worship was. And so the Samaritans had their own form and the Jews had their own. And, and you're, you know, you can go into that story of how the Samaritan woman knew Jesus was Jewish and knew that, hey, you shouldn't be talking to me. Right? Yes. You're yes. supposed to like me. Why are yeah. you here? <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah, I, I put the scriptures down here um, from John 4, 4 through 10. And um, Basically, so now he had gone to gone through some Jesus had gone through Samaria, and so he became he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground of Jacob, and given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus answered her, which is this is my favorite part. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks for you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. <laughs> Jesus. So I know, funny. he was so... But He's I was, like, but it sounds a little bit sarcastic. No, no, honestly, he was very... People also don't see this. People really be taking, some people get so rigid, but they don't see, they don't read between the obvious oh, yeah. lines. Like, if you knew. Yeah, like, Jesus was such, <laughs> he would be a little, like, testy, you know, or, like, he would yeah. really quickly, in a nice way, put you in your place, like, oh, well, if you knew that yeah, it you was like, me. <laughs> yeah. If you knew it was me. I feel like people think he was, like, a hippie, and he's like, well, if you knew it was me, I don't think he was like that at all. I think he was like, <laughs> he's a little well, bit, yeah, sarcastic and kind of hinting towards like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, like I am the living water. <laughs> I made this water. <laughs> yes, that you would not have asked. Oh my gosh, that, yeah. I just love that. And just going back to the living water of him being filled with the spirit and being of the spirit um, of his father, which is connection to God. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, very important. Um, so I, and he advocated, you know, at that moment. He did. That's, that's the word right there. Yes. He did. Because what I see when we look at this passage is like, okay, who are we? Are we the Samaritan woman? Mm -hmm. you put yourself in that story do you feel like you're the Samaritan woman who feels like you know she, she, you go if you go more into the story you find out she's had many lovers many yes. husbands, and the one she's living with is not her husband so yes. the woman's you know been around the block yeah and so she probably feels shame she probably feels like a lower class citizen and she's a sinner here's this Jewish man you know she might feel unclean do you feel like that woman who's been hated against and discriminated because of her, you know, life issues, or do you, or can you relate with the, the disciples who are like, come back and are maybe shocked that Jesus would even talk to her? Like, why would you talk to her? A man, a man and a woman during the daylight aren't supposed to be talking, let alone a Jew and a Samaritan. Right. And so, or, or are we being like Jesus? Are we choosing? Because 
if it were up to the disciples, disciples would never have stopped for that woman. Yes, yes, that is very true. But Jesus said, I have to. And they didn't understand when he made his plans mm -hmm. for the to go through Samaria, to, Samaria. He had an appointment. Yeah. He had a spiritual divine appointment with that woman and she didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. and, he made, and it's almost like, you know, I, I just think about our lives, practically speaking, how much room are we creating? How much margin are we creating in our lives in order to step aside and meet a need? Or are we, are we filling our lives with so much of our own agenda that we don't even have room to step out, not smell the roses, but help a neighbor? Help a neighbor. Yeah. You, you know, it's, and that goes back right back to spending time with the Lord and realizing that in the morning, do we ever ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do today? I ask yeah. that you would align my day today. Yeah. Um, bring me, send me anyone that needs to hear you, anyone that needs prayer today. God, I'm available and I want to be your hands and feet and, and my agenda is for you. My schedule's for you. And I know we have jobs and we have school and we have appointments and things like that, but God wants us to align with his will his agenda not try to get him to conform to ours and so that's something that i'm convicted of too and i want to practice doing is asking the lord um or just in, like, opening my heart up to the lord and saying yes. god this day is your day and i want to do your will so if there's someone that needs to hear about you someone that needs prayer, someone that needs anything that i could give to them or love them or help them then send them to me because like isaiah said you know who will go for the lord you know, who will we, who will he send? And Isaiah says, send me, use yes. me. Yeah. So we, you know, if we genuinely want to be followers of Christ, then we're going to follow him into those, those places where the underdogs are, where yes. the people of need are, in yes. need are. Um, and we're going to do it intentionally, not haphazardly either, like randomly, like once a year we go on our, you know, two day mission trip or right, yeah. mission trip, or, you know, I live the mission life because I go once a week, you know, or once a year somewhere to a third world country. Or right. Just, but it's like, know, how like are you living it, it daily? A lifestyle. Yes. The Jesus lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Not the Jesus, you know, yeah. mission trip. And I feel like that goes into what you're going to talk about in regards to speaking um, and love. And yeah. Love. Um, absolutely, because we can't just go to places to, we can't try to meet people's needs or minister to them yes. without doing it the right way. So, you know, one example, one easy example to talk about is, um, is advocating for um, unborn children. And we're talking about abortion clinics and yes. we have of Christians that go, well, we see two groups of Christians. We see a group of, of Christians who go and are berating women who are in vulnerable situations and who are confused and lonely and, and, and whatnot and they're at these clinics and you have them yelling at them and telling them that, you know, they're going to go to hell or they're, or they're, you know, all these things and they're yelling and screaming and, and then you, you, there's other examples and maybe we don't see these on the news. <laughs> we have other examples of just silent prayers, offering, yes. offering help, offering, you know, free ultrasounds, offering money, offering adoption, just, just offering, just giving, just giving out of their, their heart, wanting to help, but also wanting to speak the truth of God's word. And so how do we do that? Oh, 
in 2 Timothy um, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it does say that God's word is meant to be used for truth. And we talked all about this last week. Yeah. And I didn't read this scripture, and I think God wanted me to save it for today. Yeah. Um, it says in verse 16, God has breathed life into all scripture. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. That's so powerful. It is useful for training us to do what is right. And by using scripture, the servant of God can be completely prepared to do every good thing. So there is no question that God's word is true, useful, um, and helpful to train us to do everything good. So yeah. the word of God is good. And we, we, we can speak scripture. We can say, well, this is what God's word says about this issue or that issue. It's okay to do that because we're recalibrating to the highest authority. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, a lesson that I learned in my life and I've learned it multiple times, but recently God has pinpointed this area of my life. And it was maybe about a month ago I was reading, um, before bed, I was reading in Romans. And I'm not going to read the scripture itself. I'm just going to paraphrase. But God was, um, Paul, the author of Romans, was writing about the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders who were hypocritical and would tell other people to do things, but then wouldn't do it themselves. Yeah. And, you know, Paul was kind of showing us a distinction between um, living the law and teaching the law, but not, but not being an example of the law. So like yes. for today, being in the church, being a church leader, telling all the congregation to do things, but you not doing it yourself, just being a hypocrite. And when I was reading this, God was beginning to open up my heart to show me what the problem is when we want to speak the truth, we want to show God's law, God's good ways, and even spout scripture. He was beginning to show me that if we stand up for God's, quote, righteous ways without loving the person graciously, then we're not doing it God's way. And that was such a conviction to me because I feel like sometimes there's areas where I'm like righteously angry and I'm justified and I'm like, well, Jesus flipped tables. And so I, you know, I can, I can get angry and, and yell and shout and, <laughs> and um, and tear people down because I'm no. standing up for God's truth. So God, God's proud of me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, God, aren't you proud? Aren't you proud that I'm standing up for your ways? And, you know, I have all these um, scriptures to back up my opinion. Mm -hmm. And God said, my, but, but if we go back to the two greatest commandments to love God with yes. all your heart, soul, yes. mind, and strength, right? So I'm, I'm loving God. I'm standing up for his ways. I feel like I'm loving mm -hmm. everything I've got. And they yes, said the yes. second commandment is just like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Those are the, he said, he said the entire scriptures hang on those two commands, the entire law. Yes. And so if I'm out here trying to stand up for God's ways, but I am not fulfilling the second commandment where I'm loving my neighbor the way I love myself, I am not following God's way. Correct. I am convicted. I should repent. And I should stop spouting God's truth until I can get to a place where I know that I'm doing it because I love the person and I'm doing it in such a way that 1 Corinthians 13 says, 
patient, kind, gentle, like that passage you said, humbly doing all of these things. So truth is important. Um, in 1 Corinthians 13, I was actually um, told I had to memorize this when I was 18. At night. <laughs> Uh, my roommates and I got into a fight. We were actually a second second year leaders, and our, my my two roommates and I we we were not getting along. We just butted heads all the time. And our director told us that we had to stay in our room. We couldn't go socialize at this event that was going on, and we had we could not come out of the room until we memorized First Corinthians thirteen. And yeah. ever since that moment, I've thanked my director multiple times, even like years later. Thank you for making me memorize that because that has influenced me and convicted me and been a like a guiding light for me um, in my Christian life. But First Corinthians thirteen six says, "Love is not happy with evil, but it is full of joy when the truth is spoken." That's powerful. Yeah. But if we read it in context, right, truth is good. We should rejoice when the truth is spoken. We should be happy. We should not rejoice when evil is spoken. Yeah, and, we, and the same thing for like today too, like when truth is spoken in regards to everything that's going on in the world, people shouldn't be like, you know, re reacting in such a negative way, which a lot of people are um, because it makes them feel a type of way, especially some Christians. It's yeah. like, no, you should want the truth to be revealed so it can be like all the toxicity and the evil can be uprooted and God can get the glory, not because you think it's causing division or this or that. that well, make yeah. And that goes into priorities. Like who do we worship? Exactly. We're lifting up higher than loving, yeah. and loving a people. Exactly. Like, Politicians. What, do we, what do we want in the end? Literally, exactly. what do we want the end goal? As a teacher, I was always taught to write my curriculum based on the end goal. What do yeah. I want my student to look like, sound like, act like, um, um, not believe, but um, how do I want them to understand this material? Well, then if I see the end result, then I should, you know, teach my entire curriculum that way. Well, it's like, what do we want? What do we want our individual lives to look like, community lives to look like, church to look like, hearts yes. to look like? Well, then we need to be living that way in order to and, and it's kind of like compromise in relationship. We have yeah. to learn how to refer one another. The Bible yes. says lift each other up. Consider others better than yourself. Yes, yes. Consider others as better than you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I'm nothing or I'm valueless. Right, right. It just means I prefer others. I open the door for them. I give them food first. I, I make sure that their voice is heard. If my voice is heard 90% of the time, well, then I need to give the playing field. I need to give the the soapbox to someone else yeah um give a government seat to mm -hmm. someone else yes right right yes yes definitely um so i just want to read the context of that because oh, it, yeah. it really it'll really um bring together the, the bigger picture of what love is yeah. love is not just truth that is a piece of what love is because we hear all the time well i'm speaking the truth like um the tough love kind of person. Well, I'm just loving them. I'm speaking the truth. That's what I do. But it's also about how you speak. Exactly. And it's also about if it's actually the truth <laughs> or not. It's like, if you're not like, once again, if yeah. you're, if it's just something you think in your mind is true, then that is not all truth. Like, so one person can go, yeah. One one person can um, grow up, for instance, in a climate that is not, the Amazon, for instance, and never experience snow. 
Yeah. And they yeah. are, and when someone tells them from America or wherever, and they're like, hey, like, yeah, like, there's four seasons. We have fall, we have winter, yeah. we have spring and like, summer. No, there's we have snow. We, it's, it's, it's snow exists. But this person from the Amazon is like, uh, no, snow does not exist. No, sure. there's no yeah. snow because that's all they've ever experienced. And they haven't been able to read a book about, you know, another hemisphere that has gone completely different weather then it's like that is all that they know that is their truth that is that is their truth and until they grow exactly exactly that's good that's good because that's where humility comes in maybe i'm speaking on a topic that i don't have more truth or knowledge about and maybe i need to begin to educate myself yes and there's nothing wrong with that yeah and and it's it's a process yes process and we should be progressing we're right. all going to be wrong at some t- point definitely and we're but all going like, to have to learn we can't be afraid to be wrong but yes. we have to be afraid to be stuck in ignorance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuck yeah. in evil yes like you know it says in scripture yep we're going to be held to yeah a standard once we know the truth we have to live it out act on it and we need to be growing towards it it says people perish for lack of knowledge exactly yes it's just it's very it's very important and that's why i love therapy because in therapy you work through these things every day you work through the daily things um that you need to work on that you haven't realized have affected your life especially into adulthood and um the certain toxic cycles that you've gotten yourself into the type of people that you attract all of that stems to a certain um spiritual energy that may not have have has served you correctly in your life but it comes down to you taking accountability for that to understand the situations that sometimes you probably probably got yourself into because you didn't realize hey this is because of this happening to me when I was a child and that never was healed Mm -hmm. so now I'm 30 and I still can't have a proper relationship or I still can't really interact with people truly or my heart still kind of feels like it can't really connect with others because of this you know yeah can I ask you why do you think that people um are are unwilling or are get defensive when something is pointed out that it's clear that it's a problem in their life or or they are wrong yeah and why is it okay to admit that we either have a problem or we're wrong first off no one i feel like everyone equally gets uncomfortable when someone calls them out you know, especially even if it's out of love, because I've called out a lot of people and I've had people call me out before too. And I love that. Like my friends and I are very honest, like you're very honest. Like if we see something or in God, is, especially if God is definitely telling us something, even if it's a hard truth for someone to hear or for me to hear. Um, well, first of all, I always pray if I am going to tell that person what I believe God is telling me to tell them first off, because I want to make sure first, you know, he's saying it and not just me. And I want it to make, I want it to come from the biggest place of love possible. So it can be able to translate properly to their heart and they can be able to say, Hey, you know, okay, like I'll take that and process it. So how do you, why do you think that the individual though, who, who might have the problem or the yes. addiction, 
the struggle or the wrong thinking. Mm -hmm. Why is it so difficult um, for an individual to admit it, own it? There's just bl there's, there's blockages. There are there there's it's usually a blockage of some sort in regards to the the spirit and the heart and the mind um, because a lot of people who have an addiction or something they know they have an addiction like they 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 do and um, they can but get why out defensive because it's an embarrassment. We have a lot of people defending like like you know, because we have a lot of people pushing back because it's an embarrassment or it's a shame that no yeah. one wants to admit. It always, go, it always goes back to that because they know that it's an issue. They know it's deep down it's a problem, but yet they, they feel like they're too far gone probably, or there's just like that amount of shame and covering that the enemy has used against mm -hmm. them for so long that they just yeah. feel like that's where it is. Um, and it doesn't have to go with addiction. It can just be just who they are as a person. Anything. Um, yeah. And if, if you say, you know, the sky's blue and I keep saying it's green or something, you know, it's just like they've just been stuck in this pattern for so long. Yeah. They're, yes, exactly. They're unwilling um, to unlearn. And unlearning is very hard. Um, I'm even constantly unlearning things every day from traumas from, that stem from childhood. And thank God that I am, you know, but I'm taking accountability for myself and I'm taking accountability for those things because I want to be better. I want to be um, the leader God's called me to be. I want to one day be that great mom and wife and you know what I'm saying? So, and I want to make sure I attract the husband that's going to also do those things. Mm -hmm. And it's all about that because once you're, when you continue to work on yourself, you're opening the, the door for that right attraction to come into mm -hmm. your life, whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, you, the, your future spouse or whatever, you're opening that up. When, and you're freeing the line of toxicity, you're breaking generational curses, you're working on things that need to be That's worked good. on to be able to be all of who God wants you to be in this world. That reminds me of like a wound, like if there's a wound yes. in, in our bodies or even spiritually in our hearts where we try to like, it's like, you know, a little child who doesn't want like um, their wound to be cleaned yes. or sprayed with the um, antibiotic and they're so scared and mom's like, oh no, 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 it's, it's going to help. It's going to help you. Oh, but it's going to burn. It's going to hurt. And it does yeah. hurt sometimes when God cleans up our hearts yes. and it exposes us and it, and it exposes us to being embarrassed, like you said, or feeling shamed. Yeah. But Someone said this to me one time, and it stuck with me that God never exposes something He doesn't plan on healing. Yeah, exactly. No, that is so that is so true. And so it's like we're so scared. But here's the thing that I I love to encourage people with is that we have all sinned. Yes, all of us have experienced shame and guilt and sin in areas of addiction. And if your life and my life were plastered on a screen somewhere and our thought lives and our, you know, secret lives when no one's watching, like we would all be embarrassed. And so we're all on an equal playing field, all of us. Yes, yes. And so it. it's like, okay, it is okay to admit that you struggle with insecurities or pornography yes. or, um, or lying. Yes. Anything, hatred, um, anger. Biases, yeah. prejudice, like until we can recognize that there's a problem, we can't grow from it. Exactly. And, and so, so I'm thinking like, and it goes back to what you said, the embarrassment and all these other things. I'm like, if I were 
stuck in an area. And I know there's areas of my life that I know like are a struggle for me. And it's, it's like, um, I get a little testy or get a little yes. bit irritable or, yeah. get, or irritated or annoyed or hurt or sensitive when someone wants to like point that area out and just like, listen, I know, I know I'm judging myself. I'm, I'm trying. And I'm like, how do I, the golden rule, how do I want to be treated in my areas of weakness? And if, if, and I, I want to grow. I yes. do same time it's going to take being uncomfortable to grow yeah. and it's like so yeah, how- it's unco- yeah that's uncomfortable like growth is uncomfortable like the, the i always tell people the valley is the place where you find out who you truly are and going through the valley that's where things new things are birthed and also purged and um that's where that's where you grow you know it's not like yeah. the mountain and it's not all about getting to the mountain it's actually about going through the valley and understanding that that's Growing. Yeah, that that and then we're all and the ha- the thing is we're gonna usually be <laughs> in the valley all through the rest of our lives more in the valley than we will ever. Well, be that's where our that's where our character side. grows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's where you know the trials that you know are, that he puts us through. He allows them to refine us. Yes, and I think that's where grace is needed, though. That's yes, where that's I think right. like grace with one another is needed, right? Because, and- um. But also with yourself, and that's why I wanted you to. I wanted you to kind of touch on that in regards Absolutely. to how, because if people don't know how to love themselves or give grace for themselves, Absolutely. then they cannot be able to truly do that for other people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let me say one last thing about love, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll we'll hit on that last note. Yeah. Um, Ephesians four fourteen through sixteen, talking about loving one another, says we will no longer be babies in the faith. We won't be like ships tossed around by the waves. We won't be blown here and there by every new teaching. We won't be blown around by cleverness and tricks. Certain people use them to hide their evil plans. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. So we will grow up in every way to become the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. He makes the whole body grow and build itself up in love. Under the control of Christ, each part of the body does its work. It supports the other parts. In that way, the body is joined and held together. Love is the glue that holds us together. And love is, the, love is what covers the multitude of sin. And so we have to love. Because in the context of speaking the truth, love is patient and kind. It's not envious boastful or proud. It doesn't keep a record of wrong and it doesn't become easily angered. Yes. If God is calling us to be this source or this, this um, vessel of love from me to you, the way that I speak to you, the way that I serve you, the way that I loved you. And the second greatest commandment says, love your neighbor like that as you love yourself like yes. that. Yes. Am I patient with myself? Am I kind to myself? Do I keep a record of my wrongs and lash myself every single time I add a new sin or a new, you know, uh, uh, another day where my weakness is exposed? Do I lash myself and constantly beat myself up and say, I'm never going to grow. I'm going to change. I'm always going to be stupid. I'm always going to be slow. I'm always always going to never measure up. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to please people. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm always, we wouldn't, I wouldn't speak to you that way. 
and I'm a, I'm a, a child of God, I shouldn't be speaking to myself that way. Exactly, exactly. And if I don't know how to love myself in this way, to forgive myself when I yes. sin, you know, yeah. ask God for his forgiveness yes. and then also forgive myself for sinning. Exactly. If, if I don't know how to be gracious to myself mm-hmm. and accept all the good promises and peace and love that God has freely given me, mm-hmm. completely mine, I am not going to know how to love you that way. Yeah, it's impossible. And so it goes back to spending time with God, letting yes. him love you, letting him adore you. Um, letting him show. It's, it's, yeah. No, I was going to say letting him show those places where you do need to hold yourself accountable because I, I he's a great, he's a God of grace and accountability. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that we give ourselves slack to sit, keep on sinning. Exactly. Grace is an empowerment to do the right thing the second time around. Yes. And so, I mean, sin is bondage. And so if we give ourselves grace to keep on doing the wrong thing, then we're literally allowing Mm. ourselves to be tied to death and chains. And we want to be freed. And the scripture said the truth sets us free. And so need to love ourselves enough to hold ourselves accountable to push ourselves and and there's there's all that balance you know and each and each of us find ourselves at different points on that growth spectrum of yeah. where we're at you know me growing up I was more hard on myself than I loved myself I had to grow into loving myself Same. and then that goes for you know learning how to teach people to love you as well like if oh, you don't love yes. yourself how can you expect other people to love exactly. you exactly constantly you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a give and take between our relationships in the body of Christ and in the mm-hmm. world, Boundaries we have to love and, mm-hmm. but we, but it all comes from God. It does. It yes. comes from God. Yes. Knowing how to love myself, look at how God loves me, love myself that way. Exactly. And communicate and them to be able to learn that. Yes. Yeah. So it all, it, it all goes back at the end of the day, like all of this is commuting um, with him. Cause God is the source. Yep. He is the source. He is love. And that's the true meaning. Yeah. That's the true meaning of it. Yeah. And you, and you can't, you know, and I I know that you love to talk about relationships, but you can't have love to the highest degree in a marriage if you don't have God at the center. Exactly. Yes. That's very important. You want to celebrate love, then invite the creator. Yes. No. Because you have to have that foundation. Definitely. Because I know from experience. Yeah. Well, then goes into it trickles uh, down into parenting too. If you want to love your yes. children, the father loves you. Then you have to be connected to the father. And exactly. and we know that there's problems in a lot of people's lives because their father didn't love them with the type of the father, the heavenly father love. Exactly. And so there are a lot of people that have a, a wrong view of God because their earthly father did them wrong. Exactly. And they need healing, and they need exactly. they need to be restored back to their heavenly father to yeah. really understand that love. A lot of people struggle. Because they weren't shown the type of love, parental love that God ordained. Exactly. And, and, and so even, much. and even too now, even in churches, you know, like it's the same thing. Like a lot of people, especially like I've been in leadership before where I went to a church and it was toxic, honestly. It was, yeah. there were a lot of toxic things happening. <laughs> I mean, some crazy stuff happening where I was just like, whoa, you know, and I came at a very vulnerable point in my life. Like it was right mm-hmm. after like my last suicide attempt. So mm-hmm. it, I was very vulnerable and, but I was also very eager. I threw myself into all the, I could and was the first volunteer there. The last one usually to leave, like put in my heart all out there. Um, and for God first and foremost, but also, you know, these people like 
you know, they, I thought, you know, there was genuine love. Like I was showing and giving and what I had in my heart. And I was very appreciative um, for everything and the connections that I was making with these people. But then as time grew, and it's funny because God showed me these and these things in the spirit. And I started sensing this, this darkness, to be honest, I started sensing this turn and a lot of stuff ended up transpiring, not just with, with me, but a lot of people that just ended up disappearing out of nowhere. And I was like, where is everyone going? And just all these things started happening. And, um, then I was like the, one of the last people of the first people who kind of created the grounding at this specific mm -hmm. place um, that was there. And it was just, it, it was just very sad. It was very sad. It sat in my heart that it, it was like, wow, is this like, is this, is this church or is this, you know, a high school? Like what, like, what is this? You know, the cattiness yeah. and the clickiness and the, the backstabbing. If you, if you just, mm -hmm. if, if God calls you to step down and take a break from worship leading or, or uh, running the words on Sunday, all of a sudden you're, oh my God, like they, no, seriously, like no one wants yeah. to talk to you. All of a sudden you go from, oh, hey, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Like you're such a, a called person of God to not even talking to me when I step into yeah. the lobby. Because you're not the, the Christian workhorse. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, whoa. And that was a moment I had to definitely after that. And actually I stopped going to church after that for a while and um yeah and it was and i didn't stop going to god i stopped going no, to church no no and, no and it, right. yeah I, I didn't stop going because some people but the, that, that's my point a lot of people have been so hurt by situations like that that they have yeah. associated those things with god and that's just yeah the church replaced it, it, jesus with the church and said because the church has hurt me then i'm, I'm walking away from jesus exactly and, and that's sad. That's unfortunate. The church it needs to own its sin. The church needs to, to take responsibility for the ways that they've done wrong and repent and make yes. restitution and make things right. And, but then there's that other side of things where you and I have learned that God has not left us. Exactly. If we away from a, a, a faith community of faith, yes. we didn't leave God. Exactly. We, we, didn't, we needed healing. We needed to get away to the mountain with God and and you know, God, the church is not God. The church yes. is the bride of Christ yeah. and the church makes mistakes mm -hmm. and the church needs to be held accountable for the mistakes, but at the same time, not be replaced exactly with in, in place of Jesus. Yes. I, I, I have multiple stories, but I've been hurt most by people who call themselves Christians. Same, same. Who, people, it's... you know, who've walked with me um, and, and you expect them to love you the most mm -hmm. and, and they don't. And yeah. there's, there's, in scripture where I, in a season where I was hurt really badly the scripture came to my mind or the scripture came to me and it was about two people walking to the temple and how one literally like um betrayed the the the, the other Israelite and, yeah. and how it was just interesting because I was like oh my gosh in scripture you even see like you know brothers in the faith like betraying each other and how much worse that feels and is yes. when we have a betrayal within the body of christ it feels yes. so wrong and yeah. then it was really hard because i was like god are you on their side do you you know are you doing this <laughs> right <thing>? right <laughs> and god's like you're both my children right 
I don't agree with sin in each of your lives, yes. your lives, but I am not that person. Right. And I love you completely and people will fail us. And that's a yes. really, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast that we could have about. Oh yeah. Experienced in the church and, um, and realizing that we need to do better loving yes. each other. We yes. really do and build each other up. That's the only way that we're going to be the powerful church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Exactly. And being honest, in love. yeah, and being honest because like a lot of people like will do that, and a lot of churches will do that, but then they'll like be like, "Oh, church hurt isn't a thing," or if you were hurt by there was a there was a weird quote specifically yes. from this church where they tried to be like, "If you're hurt by the church." It was some. It was something that really just like set me off the wrong way. Too cutthroat. It was. Too it was. It was. Yeah. It was basically like if you're if you if you were hurt by the church, that's your fault. Basically, is what they were saying. And I was just there's, like, there's always <laughs> two sides. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all we you know if someone stays in an abusive relationship, they're choosing to be it's, in that relationship, and right. they are wrong for that because the problem they're they're allowing the problem to continue, but the person who's abusing them is wrong. Like, Correct. And also, you know, too, so there's, there's accountability on both right. sides. There definitely is accountability on both sides as well. Um, even though that's, that can be very layered. It, it's, uh, it, all yeah, goes back to, sure. it all goes back to kind it of does. like a Stockholm syndrome thing in regards to, and that, and it's so layered because once again, usually if people stay in those situations too long, there's a reason that they did. There's, it's, and usually it always points back to their, like the inner child. They were subjected to something that they were forced to stay into, whether it was a, a toxic parent usually growing up or somebody was yeah. abusing them that was mm -hmm. a higher up figure in their lives. And they're used to having to suck things up because that's because yeah. that's that's what I can speak from it from experience. Then that's going to translate into your adult life and you're going to have that inner child come out who tries to lead the way and be like, oh, well, you're used to sticking in these situations. So that's fine. And that's why I have stayed in situations longer than I should have that were toxic. Yeah. And I kept going back to them or I felt bad about go or about leaving, even though I knew God was saying to leave because that inner child would come out that was still so wounded leading the way. And it yeah. was at, and, and at adult actually wasn't leading the way. And, yes, and yeah. loving herself enough in God's image to leave like she should have left. And, and, like, and receive that wholeness. Exactly. Be whole again. You know, I think that scripture said, you know, the truth leads to wholeness. Yes. And it's, and it's going to patch up the wounds and bring healing. And it all comes from the father's love and, a, and awareness to what the problems are. Um, and love is like that ointment that yes. to us yes. um, through Jesus. And, and so there, yeah, you know, this is the source, the solution. Yeah. Yes. Um, but there's also, we can pray for people that God would send them the right mentors, leaders, counsel, and spiritual yes. parents, spiritual mothers and fathers that have the wisdom and, and the, the guidance and discernment of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you have that gift too, to be able to help our brothers and sisters um, to hold their hand as they open up their hearts and begin yes. to allow God to do that surgery in them from all the things that they've experienced in their life. Sin yes. damages. Yes. The sin that parents, you know, enter, introduce into people's lives, their children's lives, the sin that family members, the abuses, the sin that has happened to us and the sin that we've 
open doors to yes, us, yes. has done damage to us. And it's led to death into different areas of our life, death of our relationships, death yeah. of our identity, death of our confidence, death of whatever. And we need the ointment of the truth of God's word and the love to bring healing in those areas yes, of our life. Yes, and it's yes. a process and we are better for it because at the end of all of this is freedom and um, strong relationships yeah. with God and each other. Yeah. And it's worth it. Yes, it's worth it. it it's is. Worth it. Oh, so good. Okay. So good. We could, we could talk I, for hours. Honestly, We didn't want to talk too long, <laughs> but you know, but I this know is, it. This is good, though, and this is a this good, is really good, I mean, we could build upon this, I mean, if you wanted to for next week, because there's just so many layers um, yeah, to this. There is, but and, and I want to invite people, too, if there's anything that, that was highlighted, in, even in your own life, to send us a message and let us yes. know if there's a, a topic that you want us to pray about, dig yes. into the scriptures about, and have a conversation about, we would love to do that as yes, well. Yes, we would love that. And um, feel free to, you know, all, yeah, like Kayla said, DM us or anything. Um, I know I personally had so many people in the, in my, in the past DM me their very deep stories because I, I'm very honest and open about mine, as you guys have probably seen if you're following us on social media. So I have no problem sharing um, my, you know, my vulnerability, like, my, you know, my, just being vulnerable and sharing my story and sharing that honest truth and um, whatever you're open and comfortable to share with and you would like us to touch upon in regards to a future segment, um, because we'll talk about everything, you know, like yeah. we'll talk about addiction with pornography and, and yeah. talk about generational curses and healing. And I mean, we're definitely open to all of it because it all, it all is very real. <laughs> and so absolutely. And we want to advocate, we want to minister, we yes. want to partner as sisters and brothers in Christ, yes. do our best to help each other and love each other. Um, because I don't, I, I think the one thing that's motivated me the most is that the more I experience freedom in Christ, the more I want other people to experience yes. because it's, it's, you know, there's nothing compared to, um, in serving Jesus. Um, can I yes. pray before yes. we go? Yes. Okay. Um, father, I thank you that you are full of love for your children. I thank you that you are humble that you are slow to anger. God, I thank you so much that you have forgiven my sin and Ashley's sin and those who are listening. Thank you that you have sent your love in, in the form of Jesus Christ to sacrifice, to pay for our sins and the death penalty and allowing us to be able to step into freedom. And Father, I pray right now for anyone listening, if there's areas of struggle um, addiction, strongholds, weaknesses, anything that's gripping them, anything that they feel in bondage to. Father, we proclaim freedom over them in Jesus' name. Uh, God, I ask that you would send um, people to surround them to speak truth in love. I pray for those who are hurting right now. God, I pray that you'd be near to those who are brokenhearted, anyone who's experienced loss or pain or discrimination or hatred or um, or any anyone or anything that has tried to steal their value, to demean them and oppress them. God, I pray that their eyes would see that you are the victor, that you are the champion, that you are the one that leads the captive into freedom. And so God, I pray 
that as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us and you would lead us like you led the Israelites out of slavery. You would lead us out of any area of, of bondage that we experience to sin and death. And I pray that we would trust you. I pray for the Christians who know that there's a need surrounding them. God, I pray that you'd give them creativity and wisdom to meet the needs around them. And I pray that you would help us, God, to be, like Matthew says, to be humble in heart and to be gentle with each other, that we would love like Jesus, that we would do what Jesus does. Give us the courage, give us the conviction, and give us the power to love like you and to be our hands and feet on the earth. We're ready. We want to be used by you, but God, we fail and we are in need of your wisdom and your guidance so much right now. So God, pour out your love into our hearts so that we can pour it out into each other. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Heart Issues Podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you all again next week. And once again, if you want to contact us, you may do so on Instagram.com slash Heart Issues Podcast. And until then, be blessed and talk soon. Thanks so much for joining me, Tikas. If you're looking for more resources, information, along with some pretty awesome inspirational music for your week, feel free to visit Ashley Lauren's music, A-S-H-L-E-Y-L-A-U-R-E-N-S, music.com, and I'll see you next week.